So I, I say, I tell people this all the time because I feel like I tell people six months and I'm like, but I could have done it in like four or five months. But I took, I ended up taking more zeros than I um, anticipated. I loved the trail and did not want to, I didn't want to rush it. And I wanted to take everything in. So I did take zeros and towns that I thought I could rest. And then again, I, I just took my time. So it took me six months to do the entire trail. I couldn't imagine doing it less than that, trying to do it in form. I know people have to get back to work. Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where I talk to experienced through hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a through hike. Today's guest is Mr. Fabulous, known off trail as Derek Lugo. He went from never having hiked before to AT through hiker in a matter of weeks. In this episode, he regales me with stories of the adventures and misadventures of walking from Georgia to Maine and how these stories became his new book, The Unlikely Thru-Hiker. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-thru.com, where you can also find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Mr. Fabulous. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing? Excited. Good. I'm excited too. I was I was doing a little bit of research on you. Uh-huh. There's not much out there, I have to say. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, well, I asked so when I threw hike, first of all, I didn't realize um because I'm from New York City, yeah. you know, born and bred, and it's a melting pot of the world. So I have friends from all over the world. And when I went to, when I started through hiking, um, people were coming up to me and saying how they were happy that I was on the trail. I didn't understand why. And eventually it turns out that, you know, there wasn't a lot of black people hiking the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. It was, um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a white activity, which again, I didn't, I didn't even notice that until people started mentioning it. So throughout my trail, there was, um, there was this one hiker, he was doing a uh, documentary called Flip Flop Flippin'. And he came up to me and said he, he likes to um, interview people that are just like, you know, like different, different hikers, different um, characters of the trail, just to, you know, show people, you know, who's actually hiking the Appalachian Trail. She did a short film on that. Um, he did a documentary on that. And then when I got to, um, Harper's Ferry, um, the, uh, the office of the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, um, it was also brought to my attention. And I love to talk about the AT again. Like, oh, I didn't mention this before, but I, I didn't even know anything about hiking. I've never through hiked. I've never, uh, camped. I never, uh, pitched a tent, never 
never did any of that. I'm from New York City again, but like the only thing I knew about <laughs> was, uh, the only thing I knew about the woods was from like you know the movie Deliverance, and that's not that's, that's not, not encouraging. That's not encouraging. No. no. So um, so then um, when I finished throughout my through hike again, it kept people kept bringing it up, and I I've, I've been writing since I was like you know a teenager. So I decided I wanted to write my story to share my experience and um the atc decided to do a short film on me a few years ago really about just me talking about the at but it turned out to be um my brother and i at the time for my birthday were hiking from new york city to the appalachian trail because he you know he was one of my family members and my friends weren't like they didn't know what i was doing why would i want to like you know (laughs) go into the woods for six months and just walk yeah you know they were like look man you're from new york city just walk in a city you know why are you doing this why do you need woods and trees right exactly but they're like go to central park (laughs) it's not not the same so my brother was very scared for me younger brother and he was like look dude you should take something with you take like a machete they come in like (laughs) small sizes you can strap it to your chest you know and you're good to go you know like take something with you maybe and um, so they were really afraid of me doing this. So the ACC um, and the Appalachian Mountain Club um, saw my enthusiasm for um, the Appalachian Trail and um, how it changed my way of thinking about the outdoors. And they wanted me to, they wanted to help me with that. And of course, they're still trying to diversify the trail. So they would send me out to do talks. This uh, past year in December, the Appalachian Mountain Club decided that they wanted to publish um, my book, The um, The Unlikely Thru-Hiker, which is really started off with me just um, sharing how I had no experience of hiking. Like I decided within a week that I wanted to thru-hike and I got my gear and I, I went and just did it. And of course, you know, it was so wait a, wait a second, Derek. Wait a second. I'm skipping stuff. I was gonna say, so you decided to through hike and a week later you were on the trail or No, so I knew how I found out about the Appalachian Trail was um maybe like ten years ago I read like mo- a lot of through hikers read A Walk in the Woods. Right. I'm a big I'm a big reader and the book was given to me as like a funny book. Like, read mm-hmm. this. This is a really funny book. I didn't know it was about the Appalachian Trail. The person that gave it to me said nothing about the Appalachian Trail. I read it. I thought it was hilarious. And the one thing that stuck with me was the AT that this guy hiked this trail and he made it sound so hard. And I love challenges. And I'm all, I'm all about enriching my life with, with activities so I can share with people. So it was one of those it was like in, on my bucket list, you know, like I want to, you know, I wanted to like, um, you know, I had a bucket list of random things. Like I don't want to do a marathon. I don't want to travel the world, but it was one of those things like, am I really want, am I really going to do it? But it was on my list. So it turned out I was living in Italy for a few months, came back and I didn't, I didn't have like, I had sublet at my apartment, sold almost everything I owned. Um, I didn't have like the responsibility of a job. So 
I didn't have to go back to Italy because I was working on a project there and I was missing being in a country where I didn't speak the language. It was, it was, it was a struggle for me. So I started missing like English speaking people. I was missing Americans and I was like, I want to do an, an American activity where I can like encounter people. We can just talk and like just, just experience life. And at first I wanted to um, just like buy a car and just travel all over like America hit states and just, I, 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 I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but then it hit me. I was like, you know what? The Appalachian Trail, man, like this is the perfect opportunity. I don't have any responsibilities at this point. Yeah. I had enough money saved up. Um, and I was like, let me just, let me just do it. So when I decided that I wanted to do it, I did some research and within a week, this was like in, the end of February. So within a week or two, I just just did some research, little research, just saw some videos, bought gear, and I was on the trail. Wow. And that was the start of my adventure. I, I didn't know. And honestly, I didn't even know if I liked hiking. <laughs> I saw, I just, I just knew I wanted to get from Georgia to Maine. That was it. That was the challenge. Right. I know it sounds crazy. But it was just, I wanted that challenge. And, and I remember my first week, I had, my pack was too heavy. It was like 42 pounds. I had too much food. Um, I was wearing my pack the wrong way. It was pulling on my shoulder. I was in pain. I was climbing a blood mountain. And I was thinking, you know what? This is miserable. It was raining. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't like this. But if I have to go through pain, throughout this entire hike, I'm going to do it. My goal is to finish the trail, to get to Maine, which is ridiculous to think. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have made it if I kept doing that. Luckily, I, when I got to Neil's Gap, yeah. they showed me what I needed. And um, they showed me how to like wear my, my pack the right way. So I, was, I wouldn't be in pain constantly. But that was my goal. I just knew I wanted to get from point A to point B. But of course, Along the way, within like the first few weeks, I, I fell in love with the trail and the people that were on it. So, it, of course, it made it a lot easier and it was more than just like a challenge, you know, it was just an experience. Yeah. So, you basically had a shakedown at Neil's Gap. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Although, everything I bought, I kept. I just lightened my load by not having like, I had. <laughs> I would carry at the time a vegan now, but at the time I was a vegetarian. So I had those uh, tuna packets mm -hmm. and they're pretty heavy, like the tuna and the salmon. And I had those ready to eat. Um, what are they called? Those, those, um, in, those heavy Indian, they're water-based um, um, foods and they're like really heavy. And then I had, I had books with me. <laughs> like, at one point I had like three books with me and it was just like, I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, like all that weight was going to like just slow me. I just thought that let me carry this stuff. This is all the stuff I'm going to have in the woods for six months. Okay. I can't, and I didn't plan any drops. Like I didn't plan any, any for anyone to like leave anything for me at a certain like, you know, town or something like that. So I didn't fully plan this. You know, some people plan this for like years or months. And again, this was just a week thing, like within a week or two, and I was I was off. That's really bold. 
I know, and crazy. I think about yeah. it now, like, hmm. I was, I was at the time, and I still am a big believer. If you set your mind to do something, that you'll, you'll get it done. And I, I quickly adjusted. I know the, my first day at Springer Mountain was the first time I pitched a tent outside. Like I, I put my tent together in my bedroom, but like as far as pitching it and trying to get the stakes in the ground, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. Like this one hiker saw me struggling, and he just came over, grabbed the rock. Packed all the stakes in, right? Looked at me, tossed the rock, and just walked away. He's like, that's how you do it. I'm like, you're a genius, dude. <laughs> like, you're amazing. So I would, I would see these hikers like a month later um, during my through hike, and they're like, dude, we're surprised you're still on the trail because yeah. you like, you were clueless. Like I had a bag. Like we had dinner. I put like whatever I had. Like whatever I open, like the food wrappings and all that, put in a bag and you're supposed to hang it up with your food bag. But I forgot and left it over my tent. And when I woke up in the morning, a hiker saw it and he was like, dude, you he, like, he got angry at me. He's like, dude, you can't leave that there. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Like, and they're just, they're all like shaking their heads. They're like, this dude is just, he's going to get eaten by a bear or something. Like, this dude is not, not going to make it. And I was determined to prove him wrong. <laughs> my first day, I remember my first day at the approach trail, I hiked with someone, so it wasn't that bad. But the next day when I was actually on the trail, I started by myself because I, I left the camp two hours after everyone else. Because it took me a while to like figure out where everything went back into my bag. Got it. And I remember, I remember hiking by myself and hearing all these noises like I would hear like squirrels running through like dry leaves and I thought it was like a stampede of boars or something ready to attack me like I was freaking out like I'm again I'm from the city and hearing all these strange noises it was like you know freaking me out you know like I saw a chipmunk for the first time on the trail I was like wow that's cute you know like how I mean you were basically a fish out of water I would say how was that but as you said, it was kind of freaking you out a little bit, but how, how quickly did you acclimate to it? Um, I would say within, I, I would say it, I wouldn't say it took me a while because I was still, even halfway through, I was learning something new. I would say like, again, I started, okay. I hiked with someone in the beginning when I got to the approach of the first day and then the second day I was by myself, but did you through hike? I have not yet. Um, and okay. I, when I do, I, I will be doing the PCT. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely want to do that, but I would, I wouldn't do that by myself. I, I would, I hear you need to do it with a group because it's totally different than the AT. But I, when you first, and on the AT, like I started in March and there's a lot of people starting the, um, uh, through hype. So I was surrounded by a lot of people. So it was easy for me because I wasn't really by myself. I would get to camp and it was just packed with people. So it was just me trying to figure out like, you know, where the water source was. Like I got lost one time trying to find a water source, not realizing that I needed to follow a blue blaze to, to get to the water source. So I was like, just randomly going, finding, like I found a trail and just went half a mile behind uh the shelter and came back couldn't find the, the water source so little things like that 
people were helping me. So I, I would say, and that's, I would say the first three days I was by myself, I was still surrounded by people. On like my fourth day, there was a group that I forgot what shelter it was that we just like connected and we just started hiking together. So the first, that first month I was hiking with a, with a group. So they helped me along. So it wasn't, it wasn't where I was by myself, scared. Um, they helped me along. So it didn't take long. I would say within like the first week, I was, you know, I didn't get my hiking legs until like a week later, but it didn't take long because again, in my mind, I was thinking, I'm not going back home. I had between five and six months free that I'm going to do that, to do this. And I wasn't pushing myself. I saw, I know in the beginning there was hikers that were hiking like 12, 18, 20 miles, I was only doing eight. The first day I did eight, second day I did eight. So for me, it was a five to six month activity, not a five to six day activity. I didn't want to hurt myself. I wasn't sure how I was going to like adjust. So I would stretch before I started my hike. You know, I would, I was very cautious because I knew I had nowhere to go. Like I had, I didn't have a, a home in New York City to come home to. Like, I didn't have anywhere, so I had to stay in the woods. So I had to quickly adjust. And luckily, I was with a with a with a group that helped me to to adjust, and it was easier for me to do that. They kind of took you under their wings. They did, like even like um, hanging like uh, uh, food bags. You know, you have to hang your your, your food bags um, because bears. I didn't do it at first. The, the people I like was hiking with, they were doing it for me. Then I would watch them. And then eventually, at one point, I got separated from them and I was by myself. And I had to do, you know, I, I remembered how they did it. And, you know, I, I was able to learn how to do it that way. But I was watching people. I was more quietly watching people do hiking, do a through hike. And then I just, I kept quiet. They would talk about gear and I would just sit there and just watch them and just listen and learn. And then eventually, you know, I was able to do everything, you know, by myself. I was confident to actually hike by myself, you know, pitch my tent and do all that. But you were saying that, you know, even through like Harper's Ferry area, you were still learning things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I didn't even know how to use my trekking as simple as it sounds, I didn't know how to use a trekking pole. I wasn't sure if you like had to like use it where like both hands go up and you pull yourself or whatever. So when I got the Neil's Gap, kind of showed me how to wear it because you can you're supposed to put your hand underneath the uh, strap. So it's like you slip and your your poles fall. They don't they don't fall off. They like just hang off your wrist. Right. But when I got like when I got to like I think it was Harper's Ferry. Like, I didn't realize that you can just stuff your, your sleeping bag into your, the sack. So that way it doesn't get flat on one side. Like, I was just rolling it. Like, I was folding it, rolling it, and then putting it in the bag where you should stuff it so it'll stay, like, nice and, like, soft. So I was just, someone saw me rolling it, and they're like, dude, that's not how you do it, you know? Also, the, the rain cover, I didn't realize which should have been obvious to me, but I didn't realize that it folds into itself and it's just like into a, like a little pouch and you can just have it hanging over your 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 pack. Little, little things like that. 
when you then went back out there with your brother, did he sort of remind you of you when you first started? Yes. Yes. And my brother is slightly, slightly different because my brother doesn't like to hike. He likes to camp. So he realized that soon, like, like within the first day, because we hiked from New York City to the Appalachian Trail within the first day, he realized that he didn't like hiking. <laughs> he, he just <laughs> likes to, he likes to camp. He likes to just relax, get to camp, pitch a tent, and, you know, if he had a fishing pole, he would go fishing or just lay out and just go, or go swimming if we're, you know, camp by a lake. But he did re, he did remind me a lot of myself, except like he was not as prepared as, as much as like I try to help him with his gear. He didn't, he didn't really follow my, my lead where I would tell him to wear like, you know, synthetic pants because you can't wear jeans or, or cotton because of the sweat. And he just got himself like just a pair of khakis or something like that and was drenched. So like, dude, you know, like, so he was, I, I did the research I did because again, I knew this wasn't just a weekend or a week hike. I, I knew I had to do, um, I had to do the right, even if I didn't like the, the look or whatever, I knew I had to get the right synthetic clothes, you know, merino wool, stuff like that. I have dreadlocks. So. I got like a buff for my, for my dread. Mm -hmm. So they're covered. You know, I was the one thing that, that I was really afraid of was ticks, Lyme disease. Yeah. And I have dreadlocks and, you know, ticks would like, they would have a party in my dread. Yeah, they would. Yeah. So I was, I I make sure that was covered, checked for, for, for that. So my brother was a little more carefree and, um, didn't you know he for him it was just like let's walk a little bit and then we can go camping you know but then he learned the hard way but yeah he again and then also he brought the machete that he wanted me to bring <laughs> <laughs> he never used it but yeah I, and that, and the reason why i brought him i wanted him to do the hike with me because he saw my enthusiasm and i wanted to share my love of the at with him i wanted him to and that's the reason why I wrote the book. I want people that know nothing about it because I wish I would have known something about it when I was like about the AT when I was like a lot younger right. and I could have been doing this a long time ago, but better late than never, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Why, why do you think that it is such, that there's such a lack of diversity on the trail? Um, I thought about this long and hard and I, I can't speak for everyone. I think with my family, the friends and the people I'm surrounded with, I am a, uh, a black Puerto Rican. So mm-hmm. I grew up in a neighborhood with Latinos and blacks. And we just don't think about going into the woods. We think about going to the beach, going to the park, you know, playing, you know, sports, baseball. You know, football. We don't. You can't play that in the woods. And also, we just can't. We couldn't like buying gear, buying tent. It wasn't cheap getting my all my gear ready for a through hike. You know, I had to get the right boots, the right boots, the right um, clothes, um, a tent. You know, poles, all of that. Like, it's not cheap. And I think 
if you grow up in a family that has that, your father your, your, or your, your parents have the gear already, you know, you have a family tent, you have, we didn't have that. We were just, you know, trying to just, you know, survive. Um, that could be a part of that was with us. I mean, we didn't, yeah. we just didn't, we couldn't afford it. And I think it's just, it's not out there. Like none of my friends and I live in New York city. Majority of my friends didn't know what the Appalachian trail was. Hmm. And it's, it's just lack, the lack of, of knowledge of knowing about the age. Recently, you know, there's movies out now, there's books, there's more, you know, there's yeah. more out there about the AT. But 20 years ago, no. You know, even 10 years ago, I do hiked in 2012. No. Now my friends know about it because of me, but I, I, I knew little about it. The only thing I knew was it was, again, it was a trail from Georgia to Maine. So I think we're, it's a lack of, of education. That's, and that's why I want to like, talk about it that's why you know when i reached out to you know like, hey let's let's talk about yeah. the at i just want to share this with people and that's why i wrote my book the unlikely through hiker because i want you know little kids from you know like all over to just like hey you know maybe i can do this you know like oh what is this thing called the appalachian trail you know what is it or any trail not just the Appalachian, but go out you know bct any trail so um that's that's my mindset when it comes to that i think it's just lack of of, of knowledge of knowing and and funds and, and i could see where like a lack of knowledge about it but also you know if, if you don't grow up with the idea that camping is fun camping is something that you do for the weekends then your mind doesn't conceive of why would you ever want to go out there i i agree i mean i grew up with um watching Friday the 13th, you know, and all the, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only, the only reason why you would go in the woods or to, to a cabin is either if you're a writer or if you're like a teenager and you're ready to get murdered, you know, like yep. we don't like the woods was, we grew up, I grew up with like fashion movies with like horror movies where the woods was, you're going to get chased by somebody with a chainsaw or a machete. Yep. And we don't, we just don't think that. You know, and I want to change, I want to change that mindset. You know, you know, the woods was scary. Yep. That's, uh, that's what it was. And I want to change that. How was, how was sleeping in the woods for you when you first got out there? (sighs) My first, the first three nights, the first night, first of all, I was surprised. I was so exhausted from hiking up the steps from the approach trail. I went to bed at seven. I thought I would be up all night. I was out. I was out because I was so exhausted and drained. But after that, I would say the next two nights, I couldn't, like, I wouldn't go to the bathroom. Like, I'm one that I'll get up at night having to, like, relieve myself. I would wait until the morning until I heard birds in the sun and would go out. And I remember the one night I woke up, it was like 11 p.m. and I really had to go. And I, I, it took me an hour. It took me an hour to convince myself to go out there. And then I would like unzip my tent, pop my head out, and then I would walk like I was surrounded by tents. So then I didn't want to be by like a near a tent that would hear me. So I would walk and I was just spooked. Like every little like sound would freak me out. So I would say the first, the first few days took me a while to get out there. 
But then again, surrounded by people, I was, I was okay. Until there was like a month after, I was hiking with this group for a month. After that, I was hiking by myself for like a few days. It was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty scary. Like I would say, uh, normally hiker midnight is like, as soon as it turns dark, you're asleep, you know, you're out. I would be up for a few hours and just be exhausted from hiking, but it would take me a while to, to get to sleep. So I think what helped was being surrounded by, and that's another thing about the Appalachian Trail, the experience with, with, with hikers, with people, it's like you're doing this with like-minded individuals. doesn't matter where you're from. And the icebreaker, like normally when you meet somebody, you need an icebreaker, like to, to yeah. get the conversation going. The icebreaker doesn't just, you don't need an icebreaker. You're through hiking. That's it. You know, it's like, where are you going next? So that helped me feel a lot comfortable really fast. And uh, being with, with a group, we were called the uh, Moving Village. And um, yeah, because <laughs> I, we, it, it looked like a village, just like surrounded by tents. And we just like pack our, our gear tents and just move on to the next one. And that felt really comfortable. The hiking community, through hiking community, is just for me was probably the key point for me to like finish my through hike and my determination to not like give up. Did you ever end up camping or by yourself? Yes. Yes. And, um, again, the first time I camped by myself, I was by not far from the road. I can hear the road. And, um, what crossed my mind was someone's just going to like pull over because they're going to know I'm there and they're going to come and murder me. That's just what I was thinking. They're going to come and they're going to find me. Friday the 13th, you know, because he's by the road, you know, he hangs out by the road. I was, I was pretty scared. Yeah. And every, every sound, every branch that fell was like, you know, someone sneaking up to my tent and trying to like, trying to figure out how to, how to get to me. So yeah, it was, it was pretty frightening, but again, exhaustion just took over. Like, I remember being terrified that, um, you know, I was, I was done for and I'm like, I'm going to stay up all night. I remember I had like a little like pocket knife that was the (laughs) size of, it was the size of my pinky. Like it couldn't even tickle somebody. That's how like small I was. And I was holding it all night. Like I was holding it. I was like, I'm going to stay up all night. And within like an hour, I fell asleep. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I went to I fell asleep. Because you're so exhausted because all you're doing every day is like, as soon as you get up, you're, you're walking, you're hiking mm-hmm. up and down mountains, up and down mountains. And that exhaustion actually helped me get through the night. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Did you have any big animal or a- animal encounters, bears, snakes, that kind of stuff? I did. The first month I threw hike. Everyone kept talking about the first two months. Everyone kept talking about how they saw a bear. And for some reason, I was really frustrated that I didn't see a bear. Like I kept going up. People kept coming up to me like, oh, you just missed that bear. You just missed that. I'm like, I want a bear. Like, I want to see a bear. So one day I was, um, I was hiking and I saw a family sitting um, on the trail. They were doing a day hike and they were like kind of nervous. They were like, I was like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we just saw a bear. And I'm like, oh my God. And they're like, yeah, it was just on the trail. And I'm like, I'm going to go. And I kind of like 
stormed off. Like I almost knocked them down. I stormed off after the bear. And I looked back and they're like, what are you doing? You're insane. So I ran, I ran maybe like a few yards and I saw the bear off the trail. He had his back toward me. He was eating. Now here's the one thing you should never do. You should never sneak up on a bear that's eating. That's not, that's not a smart thing. So what I did was I grabbed my camera and I started like recording and I passed the bear. And for some crazy reason, I decided that I wasn't close enough. So I started walking closer to him and he turned around, he heard me turned around and I didn't realize bears make this noise, but he, he made like that hissing sound and he, he charged me. Now, at the time, I didn't realize this. Bears do like this bluff charge, I guess it's called, where like they just bluff charge and they just turn around. But I, and the one thing you're not supposed to do is run right. from bears because you're not going to outrun a bear. But luckily between us, there was like a, a, a ditch and I was hitting, the trail was hitting, was, was turning, was hitting a curve. So I ran and I just turned off and I don't know if he didn't see, he just didn't see me. He stopped, but I just kept, I kept going. And uh, I just happened to look back and I saw him jump over and start running toward me and just turn back around. But I just kept running until I hit um, the shelter. But that was one experience. Um, another one was where I missed a turn off the trail and I went up a hill and I just went over the hill and then started walking down and realized I wasn't on the trail. So I walked back up. And when I walked back up, like a few, like a, couple yards away there was a bear eating eating some grub with his eyes closed and I didn't want to go through that same experience with the bear like getting startled <laughs> so I so I backed up and the one thing um that people would say is make a lot of noise and make yourself like you know Big. bigger than the bear yeah I did that started making a lot of noise and then I was like all right he's got to be gone I go up the hill back up the hill to get back to the trail and the bear just like got closer and he's just like creeping up on me. He's in no hurry to like murder me or anything like that. He's just mm -hmm. little by little, just creeping up and I'm backing up and I'm backing up and he just keeps following me. He just keeps going down and I go over like there was a tree cause I'm not on the trail. So there's a, uh, a tree that was just laying right over my path and I just hopped over it. Part of me was thinking of just dropping my path and running, but if I would have done that, it would have been the end of my hike. So I just ended up just like running. I found, luckily I found the trail, trail curved around. So instead of me continuing my hike north, I, I backtracked because I didn't want to, not that I'm a purist, but I was like, look, this, this, that's a section of a trail that I just missed. So I backtracked, went back up. And as I did that, the, the bear was just waiting for me on the other side. So <laughs> he was just, he was just up on that little cliff just looking down at me like this crazy dude like just watching <laughs> me do all this and I don't know I was just like again it's just like I know there was like a lot of things I could have done differently but yeah I was just like for me to like actually backtrack I should have just kept going he could have easily like again he was like he was like a claw distance away from me just like swiping me and just like I'm done but he for some reason he's very like chill like there's other times where a bear, like the one thing that everyone says is that bears are like big, like scary, scared dogs where like if they uh -huh. see you, they just run off, you know? And 
for me, that wasn't the case. They would just like follow me. There was one time where like I I crossed the road and I hit the I went into like the woods and then a bear and its cub like just ran off. And and then that that's what I was told happens. But for some reason the bears just like would stand there and just either walk toward me or just watching you know, like what's this guy doing, you know. Right. But that was the only experience, the only two experience I got, I had, but I've heard other stories of bears, like going into camp and like, yeah. you know, knocking tents over and stuff like that. But I didn't have any, any life. I, for me at the time, it, 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 I thought it was life threatening, but he wasn't, he was just looking at me like I was nuts. <laughs> yeah. You were entertaining him. Exactly. They were this clown. <laughs> Did you primarily sleep in your tent or in shelters or kind of both? I decided before I threw a hike that I was going to sleep in my tent. And I was really paranoid about the whole Lyme disease thing. And throughout my through hike, a lot of hikers, they got Lyme disease, got off the trail, hopped back on. Some of them didn't. But I was really, really scared of it. Like my dreads come down to my, the back of my knees. At the time, it was like, the, like down knees? to like my, yeah, now it does. At the time, it was like my lower back. So it's pretty long. I've had dreads for 19 years. So they were really long and I was really afraid that I right before I, I did the trail, I saw a video that talked about how like ticks just hang out on like a plant and then rodents were like, like rub by the plant. They were like rub on the plant and then the ticks would hop on and then the, 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 the mice would like go and like into tent, um, into um, shelters and stuff like that. So I was determined not to stay into a shelter, in a shelter okay. because of it. So I would stay in my tent. I would always check my tent for, you know, ticks or whatever, wipe it down. I was really like, really paranoid about that. So even during the Smokies, there's a thing where you have to stay in the shelter before, if it's not filled, you have to stay in the shelter. Luckily, when I was in the, yeah, that's, my friend was telling me about that, that they reserve, if I get this, let me see if I can get this right. They reserve the shelter and through hikers have to stay in the shelter unless the people that can't reserve it, like the day hikers, the weekend hikers, come in or if it gets filled, then you can pitch your tent. I quickly just okay. pitched my tent and l- luckily the, the shelter fill, filled up and I didn't have to go in, in the shelter. But I did not, not one time did I stay in the shelter when I threw hikes. That's how like, I was like, I need, I need to stay in my tent. Talking about these, uh, these dreadlocks, now, your trail name is Mr. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Do tell. I have a feeling. I did not name myself. I <laughs> did not. Although if I did, it probably would have been Mr. Fabulous. But I did <laughs> That's not. That's a pretty good one. It's a good one. And I, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't feel comfortable with it in the beginning. It was, it was like six days into our, my hike. And I was with a group. And everyone had a trail name. Except for myself and someone else. And we had decided to have like a powwow where we did, we would, you know, finally give everyone a trail name. And in order for us to figure that out, we would, we would talk about, you know, what we, you know, about ourselves. And the one thing that came up, like, I'm, I was always, I always groom myself. I like would stay shaped, like nice and shaved, like Mm -hmm. get my hair did, get a manicure, like have like designer clothes. Like I like to look nice. I'm what you would call a metrosexual, you know, like mm-hmm. you try to look nice. 
Yeah. And uh, well, that's changed a little bit since I threw hikes, by the way. But <laughs> my whole thing was I would joke around about like, I wish I had like a full length mirror I can just fold up and put in my backpack so I can just walk around with it and hike with it and just like shave and stuff like that. And I would, I would go into streams and shave every day. I would have a goatee, but I wasn't going to be the hybrid. I was going to grow a beard and be stinky. Like I always bathed. It didn't matter what kind of water source it was. I was going to like get a rag and just give, even if it was a bird bath, I was going to make sure before I went to bed, before I went into my tent, that I was going to be at least wiped down of like right. sweat or whatever. So my buddy was like, dude, you're like a Mr. Fabulous. And I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you're like a Mr. Fabulous. And it turns out Mr. Fabulous is this, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, what is it called? Blues Brothers, the movie, the original. I have, but it's like, while. Yeah, there's a band member, his name is Mr. Fabulous, and he's, he's this, this suave, like, well-dressed guy. And I didn't realize that at the time. And I was like, dude, I am not going to go around calling myself <laughs> Mr. Fabulous. <laughs> like, how, how does that sound? Like, hi there, I'm, I'm Mr. Fabulous. You know, how you doing? Yeah. Like, that sounds that sounds creepy. And then he's like, yeah, if you say it like that, it sounds creepy, you know? So I would go introduce myself, like if people, cause the one question, one of the questions you get when you, people find out you're through hiking is what's your trail name? Yeah. And I would go, I would go, well, they call me Mr. Fabulous and I didn't name myself. And like, cause I was like, kind of like embarrassed. Yeah. And, but people were, when they heard Mr. Fabulous, they were like, they would smile. They would laugh. It like made them like, it made them happy. I don't know. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. You know, like, let me like, let me try this. Let me just keep calling myself Mr. Fab and see what happens. So I got comfortable with it. Within like the first few weeks, I was okay with it. And the one turning point was I was hiking by myself. I, I, I would like hike by myself and then meet up with my trail family yeah. at a campsite or whatever, shelter. And I was hiking by myself and there was a group of elderly day hikers. They were like, you know, in their 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. And I let them pass by. They were going south. I was going north. I let them pass by and they were like, you know, kind of like wishing me luck, asking, you know, asking me how long I've been on trail, stuff like that. And the last person in that group was like, she must have been like 90, 100 years old. She, was, she had someone actually helping her. She had like a cane with her. Mm-hmm. And she, wow. she walked up to me. She's really small. She walked up to me and she was like, so what's your trail name? And I was trying to be respectful. I didn't, just, I didn't want to say like Mr. Fabulous. I was like, man, well, man, my name is Mr. Fabulous. And without missing a beat, she, she looked up at me. She grabbed my face and she was like, oh my God, I've been waiting for Mr. Fabulous my entire life. <laughs> and she gave me a kiss on the cheek and just, hopped away like she didn't even need that cane she just she had like a little tester step and she just and i was like wow this is incredible like this isn't just about me like this is i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with this and after that i was just mr fabulous like it's just and of course i try to bring that back to new york and none of my friends now will call me mr fabulous so (laughs) of course not of course not no but yeah that's how i got it it feels like or it sounds like you saying it, and it was all about how you owned it, mm-hmm. affected how people received it, and and responded back. I think the one thing these aren't my words; this is from someone else. They said that it wasn't; it was 
when people, once they meet someone and they know who you are, it's the attitude you give them. And I'm a people person. I love people. And I'm not, I'm not one to like, like, I'm not the Mr. Fabulous that thinks he's the bomb, you know? Like, no, it's just like, it's a name that I have and I wanted to know more about you. And then then also they see me and I didn't look like the average hiker. I had dreads, you know, and I didn't, the clothes I was wearing, like I was wearing synthetic cl- synthetic clothes, but like I like color. So it was like color that had colorful bandanas hanging from my pack yeah. and stuff like that. So, and I, again, I was clean shaven. So I didn't look like your average through hiker. So people were more curious about it. And I love talking. I love talking to people. And unlike New York City, where you can't stop and talk to everyone that like walks by you, because they'll just like stop and like go, go try to they'll look for their wallet because they think you're, you're robbing them or something, you know, like in, 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 in the woods, you can't just have someone pass you by in the woods, especially when you're through hiking, you know, like I, I, at least I can't, I would stop and talk to everyone. So I would start, I would be the last one to leave camp and would be the last one to get to camp because I was just, it would take me forever to get there because I would like stop and talk to everyone. So it was the, my, my attitude, toward people and they saw that yeah mr faz he's not a mr fabulous that thinks he's you know mm-hmm. you know he's not narcissist or you know look at me like i'm not self-centered or anything like that you would think with a name mr fabulous you'd be self-centered and i don't roll like that it's not yeah. uh, again i was a little i was a little shy about sharing that name for a while and then once i got comfortable with it and you know people were calling me fab or mr fab or you know they shortened it up and it was i was i was comfortable with it I was going to say, at what point did you have that encounter with that older woman? I would say it was, I think it was the day we crossed the border, North Carolina border. So that was, uh, I want to say that was a week and a half. It was maybe a week. I think I had the show name almost a week, give or take. So yeah, I was like two weeks into the my hike. Um, so it, 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 it didn't take long. Also, days on the trail are, are kind of weird because you don't, you don't know, like, I forgot what day it would be, you know, like you're just mm-hmm. hiking. You don't need, you lose track of that. Like all that is left behind. Everything, your everyday life, like you don't have, you don't have your, your, your worries, work, time, all that. The only thing you have to do is hike from one campsite to another, you know, try to get to camp before it gets dark. If you don't, then you're, you're night hiking. But, yeah, I didn't, for me, time was just, I didn't even know what month it was. You know, I didn't know it was like, you know, Mother's Day or Easter. You know, people had to tell me, and like, okay, I got to call my mom, you know? <laughs> yeah. How long did it, in fact, take you to finish the hike? So I, I say, I tell people this all the time because I feel like, I tell people six months and I'm like, but I could have done it in like four or five months. But I took, I ended up taking more zeros than I um, anticipated. I love the trail and did not want to, I didn't want to rush it and I wanted to take everything in. So I did take zeros and pounds that I thought I could rest. And then again, I, I just took my time. So it took me six months to do the entire trail. I couldn't imagine doing it less than that, trying to do it in four months. I know people had to get back to work or they had school and they would do it in four months, but they would, I would hike with them for a few days and they're gone. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that with the trail. This was like, oh, for me at the time, it was a once in a lifetime, pardon me, a once in a lifetime thing. I didn't think I would ever do it again. 
or love it as much as I do now. And I do plan to do other through hikes, but it, it was something that I wanted to just soak it all in and experience it as long as possible. So I wasn't, I wasn't in a hurry. I mean, I got to the last, the last town a few days before I even like decided to summit. I decided just to hang out in town and just uh, greet some hikers. And then I had promised other through hikers that I would summit with them on a certain date. So I just postponed that, but I stayed on the trail. I again did zeros and just took my time and, 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 and embraced everything and took everything in. It sounds like, whereas the experience started as the challenge, it became about the experience. It quickly changed. It, I didn't even, uh, that's, that's true. I didn't even think about having an AC experience. I just want, if I would have done, if I would have stuck with my mindset, it would have just been like, it would have been as enjoyable. If I would have just done the Georgia to Maine, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, the people changed it for me. The the hikers, the um, small towns that I hit, hiker-friendly towns, trail magic, trail angels, all that changed my mindset. I went into it thinking it was just a hike that I was going to go. Just I was just going to hike from Georgia to Maine. Nothing matters. I'm just going to go. I'm going to march on. But then, you know, those those lovely people had to change things. Jeez. <laughs> so yeah, it started out as a challenge, and it ended up it ended up being the most amazing experience I've ever had. What is probably your biggest takeaway from it from the experience? Back to um, I am closer. I've always been a people person, but I am more. I'm a New Yorker. I'm going to back up. I'm a New Yorker, and you know we have suspicious minds. You know, like someone leaving food by the road would we would just like walk right by it. It's like, no, yeah. man, I ain't touching that. You know, I I had a suspicious mind. I was like, what's this thing called trail magic? Why are people leaving this for us? I have more faith in the humankind in, in human beings now than I ever did. Like I am more open to say I love you to someone I just met. Mm-hmm. My friends, I I tell them I love them all the time. So I think the the word love is is the one thing that I use a lot more than I did before I threw height. So the faith in nice. human being human beings and people, um, communities. I'm a big community person now. I live in New York City. I live in Harlem, where it's, we it's a community place. You wouldn't imagine it would be, but it is. Um, I know, you know, people, I just did a blog on it where I know everyone on my block, like we have like cafes, corner stores, you know, my neighbors, like this is the first place I felt that way, but that's because I'm open to it because of the Appalachian Trail. So I would say, yeah, I was a people person. I love people. But when you're from New York City, you can't approach strangers and just start talking to them. You know, Mm -hmm. now I go into hiking towns and I can talk to a stranger as if they were like, I've known them forever. So that's the one thing I got out of it. The biggest yeah. thing is relationships with, with, with people. With other people. How, yeah. how was your experience with trail angels and trail magic? Um, it was, it was um, again, I was still struggling trying to figure out what this was all about. I never wanted to take advantage of it. 
I didn't want to be the one that had food in his backpack and just if there's um, food left on the trail, I didn't want to just grab it. So if I needed it, I would. I there was times where I really needed it and was there. I feel like if, and and this is gonna sound weird, but I felt like I feel like when you're you're through hiking, magic really happens. I remember it was a day where we needed I needed food. I had no snacks. I still had like eight miles to go, and I was like, I don't know how to do this without snacks. And there were um, maintenance workers working on the trail, and they had they had an apple and a snack. I didn't ask for it. I just asked where's the closest place where I can get something to eat if there was anywhere, and it wasn't. And they were just like they just gave me what they had. I was. I was blown away by it, honestly. I was really blown away. I'm a New Yorker and having, like, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. Like, I have a chapter called, uh, Suspicious Mind, where I just talk about my experiences in New York, about whenever you're being approached by someone, they want something from you. You know, that's just been my experience. Um, whether it's, you know, someone, you know, asking for a dollar, or someone wanting to recruit you for like religious reasons or whatever. Not that I have anything against religion, but you know, but they've got an angle. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's an angle. Everyone has an angle. And that's what I felt. I felt like when people left something or people would approach me and try to give me stuff, I was like, what, what is this? What do you want? And I realized later on that they didn't have an angle, but I also wanted to give back. And I realized early on that the best thing you can give people that are, are giving you trail magic is tell them your story, tell them your experience so far on the trail. That was my way of giving, giving back because they, you know, they want to hear what you're going through. You know, they're, they're kind of like living through you. They're like, Hey, you know, like this is something I, I want to do. I've done that. You're doing something amazing. And Little by little, I started realizing that and I started embracing not just the people, but what they were offering. You know, I didn't want to just take this for nothing. And for me to like make it okay was, and I like to talk, it was, hey, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you. And if you, they had questions, there was one time I was rushing to Harper's Ferry. I was rushing to Harper's Ferry. I wanted to get there. And there was a family doing a day hike and I was. I said, hi, and I was kind of like passing by them. And one of them stopped and asked me a question. And I, I didn't care how, like, I was just like speeding. Like, you ever see those cartoons where their arms are like up in the air and speeding? And like, <laughs> yeah. I was like that. And I just stopped and just went back and started talking to them for like 15, 20 minutes because I wanted to share that. I think that was something that I had to like at least give back. And a quick story, I don't know if it, I don't want to like divert from the question, but there was a day hiker. She was like, she was a teenager doing a day hike. And I saw her, she saw him. She's like, Hey, you're through hiking. I was like, yeah. And she, I, I asked her if she, I there was through hiking going southbound. She's like, well, I'm, I'm doing a, a weekend a day hike. I think it was, I can't remember day hike or weekend hike, but I'm thinking of doing it. I'm just out here trying to see if I can. And we talked for like, I don't know half hour and I I told her one thing was if you're thinking about through hiking just do it I mean just it's a, an amazing experience I told her the experience I was going through if you have the resources if you can if you don't have like crazy responsibilities if you have that pocket of time don't hesitate just do it I did it 
And I didn't know what I was doing. And this girl is out there. This girl is out there. Actually, she obviously has done it before. And I was just so excited to share that with her. A year later, I think it was a year or two, she ends up through hiking. I reach out to her and she's like, you're the, you're the reason why I'm out here through hiking. Because the, the things that you told me about hiking and the experience, I had to experience it myself. So that was something where I'm like, okay, like I have to like share this with people. Cause I, again, if I knew this her age, like I would have been, I would have like been a triple crowner. I would have done like all these hikes all over the world by now. But again, like it's just finding out, like having someone share this with you is just, you know, like I want to, I want to keep doing it. I don't want to like do nothing else, but just travel, write and share my experiences with people. Most most hikers when they get on the or through hikers when they get on their first trail are novices, but usually they have some basis, even if it's minimal. And you started from ground zero, literally. No, I didn't. Again, I didn't know how to like. I didn't put my. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to like kind of how the tent went to went together put together, but I wasn't. I didn't know how to put the stakes into the ground. I was struggling with it. My. um the first time I used, I had an alcohol mini stove, um, and I, the first time I used it was on a trail. I just like put a little, I put too much alcohol in it and I lit it and just popped like almost <laughs> like, almost like burned my dreads. It was just like, you know, one lesson I learned is just not to put your face close to it, like back up, yes. you know? <laughs> yes. Hanging my food. Um, everything I learned, everything about hiking camping i learned the first two days not everything but like what i need to get me going so some people like you know even if they're novice they've done a little bit like whatever they did i did like that first day that i that i started my third hike which for me at the time didn't sound crazy i was like it's a challenge i'll do it you know everyone does this you know how hard can it be and i think that that attitude works for me. I wouldn't recommend it. I would say, dude, do your, do your research. You don't know if you're, you're going to like it. Luckily, I loved it. I'm a people person. Yeah. I had, I had some like, some bad days, you know, where I was like, Oh, what am I doing? And that other side of me that said, Hey, I'm, de- I'm determined to type from Georgia to Maine kicked in, you know, but yeah, I would, I would always say like, do a couple day hikes, weekend hikes, first find out like if you like to hike first and then just, you know, like do a lot of research, do a lot more research than I did. Again, the challenge, I'm big, I'm a sucker for challenges. And I think (laughs) that was, yeah, that was um, a big uh, part of it. But um, yeah, it's, I started with nothing. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know what to do. And I left out where I, I don't know if there was like a power above or the universe looked out for me where the gear and the stuff that I got, I knew I wanted to go a little bit light, but of course I started with like a 42 pound pack. So I wasn't that light, but I got the right boots. I got the right, you know, uh, stove, uh, sleeping bag, the tent, and also I would go to like, you know, these outfitters and ask them, like a lot of them were already through hikers and they're like, all right, 
for a through hike, you should use this tent. So I was like, okay, I'll get that tent. You know, like if I would have went in there and just grabbed the tent or went to like Walmart or a cheap store and grabbed the tent, no, I would have, I would have been a hot mess. I wouldn't, I wouldn't survive the first like week, you know, but luckily I was geared up with the right gear and the right attitude surrounded by, you know, hikers that are open to help and everything fell into place. I was open to like, Again, I was open to, to the experience and I knew here's the one thing also, and I've seen this on the trail. I knew I was going to hike in the rain. I knew I was going to hike in yeah. cold weather. I knew there may have been a possibility where I was going to hike in snow. So that wasn't because the, the documentaries I would see, it was really beautiful. Like, of course, I wanted to like hike in like spring weather, summer weather, it's going to be sunny, it's going to be nice, it's beautiful, you know, butterflies, <laughs> birds singing, like, yeah, that's the, the trail. And believe it or not, a lot of people approach the trail that way. I didn't want to do that. I want, I knew it, I knew I was getting into something that was going to be uncomfortable. But my, again, my mindset was Georgia to Maine. That's all I'm doing. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I'm going to do it. It's the challenge. And with that mindset, having that mindset and then realizing that it's, if you prepare yourself correctly, it could be an easier hike. But I've seen hikers being really miserable when it's raining outside. And in the beginning, they're like, oh, this is going to be a great through hike. And then you're hiking in the rain and they're just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. You know, it's like I prepared my brain and said, hey, I know my downfall. Well, not my downfall, but my the one thing I have against me is that I don't have the experience, you know, and I don't know really what I'm doing. The one the one thing I had was my determination was that I'm and my knowledge that I was going to accept whatever came my way. Acceptance and determination were the two main factors that got me through it, especially in the beginning. But if you don't have that, if you just go in, in the, into it thinking it's going to be, you know, a wonderful day every day, then you're going <laughs> to you're gonna be surprised. Yeah, particularly on the AT. Yeah. Yes, where it rains a lot. Um, I got I got caught in like a lot of like stormy weather. I hiked in when it was snow. Uh, it was a snowstorm during uh, April, like right after Easter. I'm like, does it snow after Easter? Like, no. When you're on top of a mountain, it's gonna snow. It snows. Yeah, and even then, I was miserable. Like, I'm not a fan of the cold. My 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 family's they're from the tropics, you know. So like, <laughs> you know, we love the heat. And it, I was miserable, but one step at a time. I was, I remember that day, like it was yesterday, and there was a hiker. I, I looked over at him and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And he was like, one step at a time, made that simple. And he was like, let, let me do it one step at a time. And, you know, it, it, it worked out. It was scary, but it, it worked out. Is, was that, be, did that be kind of become your mantra, one step at a time? Um, kind of, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I always had like a positive, my, my, um, my mantra was, uh, I would, I would sign a register with my name. And at the end, I would say, I would write peace, love, and all that good stuff. Like it was just whatever came your way was good. You know, so that was my, my thing was like peace with everyone around you, love, and again, love was huge on the trail. I don't know if people talk about that, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a 
most my whole my book is called the unlikely unlikely through hiker and most of it is about my experience with hikers so my whole mantra was the peace love and all that good stuff when people saw that they were like and it made me happy writing it and made me happy hearing it and made me happy saying it yeah and that's what I stuck with with it I want of course you want to have positive attitude but not every day is going to be positive don't don't let me fool you like you know I'm not (laughs) it, it wasn't like it wasn't like all like wonderful every day but for the most part, if you keep that positive attitude, it, you know, it was, it was, it made it a lot easier for me. Did you have, I mean, you certainly had trail magic, but did you have trail angels? Oh, did I ever? Yes. <laughs> lot, lots of trail angels. Um, there was uh, a time, and it was, especially when, during the times when I really needed it, like trail magic, I don't know how it is now. I flew hiking in 2012 and trail magic should be when you need it. It shouldn't be expected. It shouldn't be right. something that hikers should think they're like, look, I'm a through hiker. I should get trail magic. No, it's not like that. It's when the town is five miles away from the trailhead and I don't want to really walk it, you know, getting a ride from the trailhead to, 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 to into, into town. Or there was one time I had, um, heat sickness and I needed like I needed to get hydrated really bad I needed to rest and the person I was hiking with called in uh someone that left their card and said hey if you want like food um a shower a laundry somewhere to sleep stay with us they had a big home extra bedroom and I ended up staying with them because uh I was I was too sick I spent the night next day I felt better and you know, was able to like hike on. So yes, there was a lot of experience. And I, what I would do uh, was if someone picked us up at the trailhead or any kind of trail magic, I would I would actually take a picture with them. So I would have that. I could document that with mm-hmm. them. But yes, there was a lot of trail angels. These towns on the Appalachian Trail, they're 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 trail um, they're AT towns. They like cater to hikers, so they'll see you walking down the road. And you can sit, that was another thing. Me, a dude with dreadlocks that doesn't look like a hiker except for the backpack, stuck my thumb out. It was really hard for me to do that. Look, I'm from Brooklyn. We don't roll like that. You know, you don't hitchhike. You know, again, in yeah. movies where people hitchhike, you know, no, you're not coming back from that, you know. Um, so that was another thing for me to get um, accustomed to. It's like you can actually catch it. I'm not telling people to hitchhike, but I'm saying is that. When you're on a trail, people are more open to help you. They'll stop, give you a ride into town so you can resupply and then, you know, get back on the trail. Uh, but my experience was with, with, uh, trail angels was amazing. And I, again, I didn't expect it. I didn't even understand it in the beginning. But yes, there was a lot of trail angels that I'm still friends with to this day, um, because of it. What, what was probably your, favorite or most memorable trail angel experience uh let's see i would say there's a handful but the ones that actually took their time to get to know me to where are you from uh new york that were really engaged the ones that i had the most um the most the more conversation with most interaction with 
were my favorites. I would say the one when I had heat sickness was the one where I really needed it. It wasn't something where like I wanted it. I really needed that help. I would say that was the biggest. Um, and I, when I got to their home, I wasn't even able to eat because I was so sick, dehydrated. So I just went to bed and it just kept giving me Gatorade and took care of me like I was like their child. That was, the, and that was in New York, I remember. Um, <laughs> New York, New York State, New Jersey, New York State, and that, that season I hiked, um, there was, um, there was a heat wave and there's the, the water source was not, it was like, they were all dried up. So they were leaving gallons of water. That was like very memorable for me where I needed water and there was no water source, but there was gallons of water by the trailhead and I would just fill up my bladder or bottles, whatever I had. So those were the ones that were really memorable where when I really needed it, it was there. Not ones where like I had my backpack full and they were like, hey, do you want like soda or beer or something like that was very generous. And yes, thank you, because you're burning thousands of calories a day because that's all you're doing is hiking and you can't, you know, replenish those calories. So you're constantly eating, you know. So but the ones where I really needed it were the ones that were like the, I was grateful for. And of course the towns where that they were like eight miles away and I got picked up and it took me into town were very memorable. Yeah. Did it feel a little bit like the universe was watching out for you? Yes. Yes. Totally. Without a doubt. I felt the one thing I always talk about is being from New York. It's a really busy city and it's really hard to focus on one thing. You're like from one thing to another really hard to complete your thoughts. And I'm a writer. So I, and I come up with ideas all the time, but when I'm in New York city, I would jot it down and move on to the next. Well, and on the trail, that's all you're doing is hiking and thinking and completing your thoughts. So I felt that I was in tune with the universe, that whatever was around me, I was in tune with nature, with mother nature. And I, I stepped back and took that all, took it all in. And there was times where I should have something should have like I on the trail I actually got lost a few times, but I found somehow found myself back on the trail. There was a time where I ran out of food and somehow there was someone there willing to like give me a snack or something for me to get to the next um, to my next um, food source, my next resupply in town. I, and everyone really embraced me on the trail. I had no negative experience. Everyone was either excited to see that I was on the trail for one reason or, or another. But everyone embraced me, which helped a lot. So I definitely think the universe looked out for me. There was times where I should have, it, it could have gone bad and it didn't. And I, I, I really, really like, kept that kept that in my mind made sure that I really embraced it and was grateful for it and kept I kept going like that like some I've seen hikers and not calling any hikers out saying that um that they expected uh through hike I mean expected a um uh, trail magic and didn't get it they were upset about it or went about it you know went about it just you know I'm here I'm doing this through hike you know just do it. You know, like I embrace everything. I'm not 
saying like everyone, like everyone that they do it their own way. They're saying like hike your own hike. And I'm sure you've heard that. Oh. And I hike, I hike my own hike, definitely my own way. And I would embrace the way other people hike. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You know, like do it your way. And I would learn from them. I was like, there was a hiker that had, you know, a gas stove. And I was like, maybe I should have had a gas stove. You know, like I was trying to figure out how I can adjust my hike to, because again, I wanted to make it to the end. Not, it wasn't just a, a weekend hike. I needed to, to finish it. So I would learn from others. I think being open and learning from others really helped me get through as well. Um, but yes, the universe is definitely out there helping me because if I knew the knowledge that I know now, if I would have gone into it the way I did, I would have been like, hey, dude, man, you're doing it wrong, man. Just wait another year and get some experience and go for it. But luckily, I went into it with the right attitude. And uh, hey, they say ignorance is bliss. So I guess it works for me. <laughs> What you don't know, you can't be afraid of. Exactly. <laughs> did you journal while you were out there? I did. I've had a journal since I was a teenager, so that was easy for me. I did. Every every night before I went to bed, I would I would write something before I went to bed. And that ended up being part of when I, halfway through my trail, I decided I was going to write about my experience. And my first draft was, right off the top of my head. So I did the first draft, whatever I remembered was there. And then I went back to my, my notes, my journal, and then added, filled in, filled in the blanks. There was other stories. I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah. So yes, I did journal. Well, and I do recommend whoever is thinking about doing the AT, even if it's a couple sentences, something about that day doesn't need to be. Cause when you're, when you're done hiking, you're exhausted. There was times where I didn't want to write at all. And I remember one time I was so tired. The next morning I looked at my notes and it was just scribble. I'm like, what the, (laughs) what What did you write here? But just try, just even if it's your miles or whatever, just jot down. Cause to this day, you know, I hiked 2012. So it's been like a while now, seven years. Um, I still go through my notes and I'm like, wow, you know? So yes, I did. And and it brings back memories that you've forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I've been working on my book for several years, so it's almost as if the experience was just yesterday. And it's, I can't believe it's been seven years, you know, and I've been writing about it constantly, going over it, revising it, editing, this and that. So now, like, I have, this is the first year where it's, it's out of my hands. I'm not working on my 2012 through hike, you know, like, it's, it's done. It's finally over. You know, because my publisher, my publisher has it. It's coming out in September and that's it. Now I have to like, of course, now I have to, um, I'm going to do um, talks and stuff about it. And that's always going to be a part of my life. So I have another two years about that experience. But yeah, it's, it's just something I never for, forgot. It's, I feel like I, I just left the trail. And also the day hike. Another thing about through hiking is and being from New York City, I didn't realize that there's, I could catch a train like 45 minutes, an hour away from here. I can, I can be at Bear Mountain, you know, that Bear Mountain and I can hike the AT there. You know, I didn't realize until, um, right before I did it that I can catch a trail from New York City that will take me all the way to the AT. <laughs> you know, so that was something that like blew my mind and something I learned because of the AT. So yeah. 
I, well, I sort of have two questions based on that and I don't want to lose either one of them, but journaling, were you journaling on paper or were you journaling some other way? So when I through hikes, I didn't have an iPhone or any, back then it was like, it's it changed a lot, I hear, mm-hmm. but I had a camera, I had a phone just for emergencies and, uh, and I, and I had like a notebook. The composition books I had, I did, I did write on paper. That's how I, I jot down all of my journaling throughout. Like I have like stacks and stacks of them, like a library of them. Um, that's the only way I can, cause I freehanded, I grew up in, in an age of like, I, I can write cursive, you know, like not <laughs> kids are growing up now, not learning how to do that. No, I, I did that. That's how I write, you know? So, um, yes, it was a notebook. So I finished one and I would, send it back home and just pick up another one and, uh, when I was in town or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it was 10, 10 to paper. Old school. Totally old school. Um, and then the second question is, how often do you get back to a trail or the trail? Uh, every year. Every year I try to. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to meet up with some hikers this Wednesday. They're through hiking. I'm going to hit Bear Mountain. So I try to hit Bear Mountain at least twice a month. Um, I try to go out there as much as possible because I actually talk a lot about it and I want to be around it. You know, I'm doing talks. Um, my Instagram is all about like me hiking, you know, running um, with the book coming out. I want to be still immersed in it. So I do it as much as possible. As soon as the weather gets, you know, like the weather's nice, I'm, I'm going to go for a hike uh, this Wednesday. Like I said, um, as much as a day hike, I'll do weekend hikes. There's going to be a hike uh, with my, I call him my trail brother. We're going to do one um, in the fall where we're going to do like a week hike. So yeah, I get, and I try to do, I, the AT is familiar to me. So I, I constantly go back to it, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll definitely do other hikes. And I do plan to do another through hike in the near future. Um, I did a PCT or the AT again. Okay. Would you think about doing the AT like Sobo or something? Yeah, I would change it up. It would be different. I would do Sobo. The only thing with that is, again, I'm a people person. I know doing a Sobo, you're by yourself yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah. So I may, I, if I do a Sobo, it would have to be with several people. I won't do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do the AT, if I do it northbound, I would probably start the same time I did. I started in March. I was a few days before uh, spring. And I would, I would, there's a lot of things I would do differently and maybe do less zeros, right. um, especially in the beginning. I think that's one rookie mistake is where you, you know, you're not used to hiking and you do a lot of zeros in the beginning. You go into like, you know, small town, stay at a hostel or, you know, motel or inn or something like that. And I did that a lot with, with a group I was with because I was still trying to adjust and trying to like figure out how to, how to do this. So I would do that a little differently. And also, I don't know, I would, I would try to do it a little different. I don't know if I would try to do it faster or something would have to be different for me to do it. Cause I do want to write more about hiking or some kind of travel um, experience. So yeah, I would do, if I do the AT, it would be um, Southbound with a group or North, some, some different somehow. And the PCT, I would definitely do with a group. And my buddy wants to do it in a couple of years and it'll be the 10 year anniversary of my, uh, my AT through high, so that may be when I do it, the, P- the PCT. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, man. 
(laughs) (laughs) What would you consider to be your, your hardest or worst moment or, or time on trail? Um, I would say the weather was really, really hard on me. I don't do well in the cold and I'm not a morning person. So when I was in the Smokies, my buddy, before we even hit the Smokies, my buddy kept talking about how he would do day hikes with his dad or weekend hikes with his dad in the Smokies. And he was like, it's the most amazing place ever. And I was excited mm-hmm. to hit the Smokies. And once I got there, whew, the weather there in the morning was so cold that it would be raining and I'm trying to like break down my tent and my hands are just like shaking, you know, and I'm just freezing. And I'm like, I'm like inside I'm crying and people are coming up to me and saying, look, it's okay. You're fine. I'm like, okay. And (laughs) that was the hardest for me was, I would say the Smokies. I have a a love hate relationship with the Smokies because the mornings were really hard for me. And then once I started hiking within an hour, you know, I start shedding layers. I'm like, okay, starting to warm up and it was better. And, you know, the, the views were amazing. So like, you know, it was like, Hey man, you're going to struggle, but if you keep going, I'm going to have something special for you, you know, like get to the top and I'm going to have a gift for you. You know, it's like, I would say the Smokies was the hardest for me. And and I I don't ever want to do it. And I but I know if I feel like I'm going to have to, but <laughs> I would say the smoke and, and I'm not knocking the Smokies beautiful, but I, I was not a fan of the smoke. That was the hardest for me. The morning, the freezing rain in the morning, trying to put my tent away, trying to pack all my gear up was the hardest for me. Would that make you think about maybe starting a little later in the season or? Uh, possibly. Yes. Yes. But then again, like, am I catching, like, the rain? Like, if I start in April, am I catching a lot of rain? Like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would say the year I hiked it, 2012, it was probably the best weather season. I hear that to this day. It was one of the best weather seasons. Like, the year after, it was very rainy. But that year, it was, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to avoid, like, you're, I'm not going to bypass the cold. I'm not going to bypass the rain. It's not going to happen. So, Again, it, I had to accept it, but it was, I was really miserable. And I thought to myself, if this was the way every day on the Appalachian Trail, I probably wouldn't have made it. I probably wouldn't. But again, the AT, the experience changes. You're going to have beautiful weather. You're going to have rainy weather. As long as you know that, you're fine. And I knew it wasn't going to be rainy. Even if it rains it for a week, I knew one day we're going to come out of this and it's going to be sunny and it's, everything's going to be okay. But if you only hike the AT and was happy to hike the AT when it's sunny and raring to go, like you're screwed. You're never going to make it. You have to understand that when it's raining, you got, you have to accept that. And you have to understand that you, you're going to come, you're going to come out of this, like, and you're going to be fine. Stick with it and you'll be fine. It'll work out. It's almost like you play the game of, Maybe tomorrow will be the day. Maybe tomorrow. Right. Right. You got to You got to actually like kind of trick your mind into thinking like, Hey, look, man, it's, it's raining right now, but in, like in an hour, it's going to be okay. You know, in a few minutes is going to be fine. Um, there was a time when I was hiking 
in the beginning, um, my shoulder, I, like I said earlier, like I wasn't wearing my pack correctly. So mm-hmm. I had a sharp pain going from my, my shoulder up my neck to the oh. back of my head. And it was, it was like someone was like just cutting me open. It was the worst pain I've ever felt. And I would have to take my pack off every like 10, 10 minutes. And it was raining. I had my rain jacket on, the hood over my dreads. And I had to, in order for me to like keep going, I would try to focus on the drops that were like kind of like hitting my, my rain jacket and the sound it made. And I would focus on that. And just kept, I kept just going on and realizing that eventually someone's going to help me with this because I'm definitely doing something wrong. Not, not, no one's, I'm looking around, no one's in pain. I'm the only one in pain. So like someone's, something's got to get, something has to like, I have to fix this. Like I knew, so in my mind, I was like, this is going to get better. But in order for me to get to that, I have to step back and focus on the rain, focus on the sounds it was making, just focus on the little things to get me going one step at a time up the hill. Like my buddy was behind me. He's like, dude, you look like a zombie hiking up the trail. Like, cause I was just like hunched over limping, you know, like trying to lean on one shoulder. So it wouldn't like the pain would not like be like overwhelming on one shoulder on the other shoulder. And I felt like a zombie. It was just like one step at a time. You know, if I can only like, you know, get to the next uh, campsite or to, at the time it was Neil's gap, then everything would, would, would be better. And the shakedown seemed to help all of that stuff for you? Uh, it, immediately. What I was doing wrong was I was just, the thing they, they showed me was to loosen, when you take your pack off, loosen all the straps again. Loosen all of them. And when you put it on, bend over, uh, there's like a strap on the top where you pull on that, you put the belt on, and then just cut. So what I was doing was I would take it off and just pop it back on. I wasn't strapping everything. It wasn't fitting to my body. I just was laying it on top of my shoulders. So what I needed to do was loosen everything up and just snug, make it snug to my body, fit the, 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 the bottom of the pack just over my, like over my hips. Yeah. Um, and let the weight be on your hips. Yeah, it should rest on my hip. Yeah, instead of yeah. Um, the weight pulling on my shoulders, that was my issue. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, they did help. And then the magical thing, I thought it was magical the way they they taught me how to like actually wear like hold my 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 trekking poles where I put I put my hand underneath the strap and then just grip the the trekking pole. So if they slip off, it'll hang right off of my wrist. And I thought that was like the most incredible thing. And also they showed me how to like. Uh, pack my my bag like put most of like the heavy weight like in the middle you know like lighter stuff on the top so it, it, it adjust I, I adjusted it to my because it took a while for me to figure that out also and each hiker is different but me r- realizing that the stuff that I had look carrying five books is not a good thing <laughs> I'm a big like I told you I'm a big reader at one point I'm not lying to you this is like I know it sounds dumb, but at one point I had, I would, when I would pack my bag, the first thing I would go in there were books. I had five books that I would layer at the bottom of my pack and then put my stuff in there. I eventually, I know it sounds crazy. And then I eventually was like, <laughs> no books. 
that's it no books man next time i'll just have like um uh, a nook or some uh, e-reader yeah i mean at this point yeah. you could just have your phone my phone yeah at this point yeah exactly and, and what was your best or most memorable time on the trail my best hmm again so many so many i would say hmm let me think back it's been seven years you know <laughs> i would say um I'm, I'm gonna again be like i'm gonna cheat a little bit and say anytime i had a deep conversation with older hikers like older hikers or i'm i'm I love hearing stories from older people and I want to be that person. I think that's the reason, another reason why through hike is I want to have stories from when I get old, I can share these stories. You know, hiking the AT, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. if you think that's a big, and that's a story in itself. Like, and I had so many stories from, so I'm always, I love sharing stories and I love hearing from older hikers, their experience, um, sitting down and like, there's a hiker that hiked it like, I don't know, he said like five times he threw hikes, um, going into town and having trail angels. Um, her name is, I'm going to, she's amazing. She's trail angel. Her name is Cindy is, I think it was Williamsburg. And she, I just fell in love with her. She was like 60 something years old and she had like all these amazing stories and she embraced me. And there's another town where there's this um, 80 year old um, trail angel and she would embrace people. She would have uh, trail hikers stay at her place um, and we could do laundry, cook. And she had amazing stories. So just hearing stories from either other like older crew hikers, or just trail angels. That was my experience. That was my favorite part. And the sceneries, of course, like I can't I can't not talk about the views that I've seen that you don't get in New York city. I'm used to seeing like tall buildings, but when you're hiking up a mountain and you see endless layers of like just mountains on top of other mountains, as far as you can see, you see mountains. It's just a carpet of green. It's like, I've never seen any, like anything like that in my entire life. And I would take that moment and just, and I remember thinking, I'm like, dude, try to take as much as you can because you're not going to remember this. This is something that like, you're going to go back to New York and you're going to have like city, like, you have the, the the buildings and the towers and all that. You're not gonna. So I made sure to like. So I would say, and for some reason I don't know why. Every time I I would summit a mountain, the clouds would part and it would be even if it was for a few minutes, I would have like a great view. Like I would have hikers hiking with me. I'm like, dude, I've hiked this in the past and I've never had like it was always cloudy. And I don't know, it just, it was lost, the universe or whatever. I always would have, I would have a great view. And I would say, if I, again, if, if you ask me what are the most amazing parts of the AT, which you did, I would say the people and what I saw, the, the views that, cause again, I'm from the city and never seen anything like that. Um, my experiences were with the people and, and what I saw. Which, from what you're saying, is basically the complete opposite of your experience in New York City. How so? Well, connecting with the people and, and oh, right. talking to people and that kind of stuff. And the green views and the vistas and the mountains. and it's, No, it's true. Um, I, I wrote about it where, like, 
there's a chapter, like I mentioned earlier, called um, Vicious Mind, where I talk about a few stories that I had on um, in New York City uh, where people would come up to me and you got to quickly think like, hey, what does this person want? You know, what do they want from me? And that's how I went into the trail. Not that like I went in there thinking everyone was like after me or anything like that, but you have, I had to like step back and say, Hey, why are they doing this? And it took me a while to like understand that it's okay, Derek, man, no one, they don't want anything from you. So yes, it was total like is the opposite of what I experienced. And when I got off the trail, the hardest thing was for me to walk down the street. There were times where I would like turn my head and almost want to talk to someone. It was just like, <laughs> you know, the people that were just walking by me, I was like, you got to stop because you're going to get arrested, dude. You can't do that. You know, you can't approach people that way. That's the one thing, one of the things that I miss about the trail that's really sad is that I can't just go up to strangers and start talking to them. Did you have any other issues either mentally or, or physically when you came off the trail? There was, I had no, I luckily, I had no, oh, well, I did, I did dislocate my finger when I was on a trail, but that was my mistake. So it wasn't anything that I could have avoided that, but I dislocated my finger. So it's kind of, it looks kind of weird now, but other than that, nothing like I can't, if I wasn't writing a book, I wasn't, no pain, nothing, nothing. I'm also like, I, I love running. So I was a runner before I threw hike. Okay. But other than that, I was I was fine. I didn't have any problems. I think mentally, especially in the beginning, I was more I became more laid back. So issues, everyday issues were not a big deal for me. You know, it was just like, okay, I get it. You know, I get it. And of course, once you like get back into like the real world, especially like New York City, you know, you get busy and things, you know, happen. But when I first came back, I was very chill. <laughs> I was very chill. So, so who is Mr. Fabulous now in New York? Well, Mr. Fabulous does not live in New York. Mr. Fabulous <laughs> is on the trail. I cannot be calling myself Mr. Fabulous. But um, who I am on in New York City is um, I am, I took, like I said, I took my experience. And again, I can't, it's, it's, it's hard to just, to voice it, it's more of an experience, but every person I encounter now, even if I see them outside walking by, like if someone approaches me, I take a second. I'll take that second. Even if I know they want something, I'll take that second to listen to what they need to say. I'm, I'm a big AT advocate. I want a, I want everything AT. Like I want everyone to know about the AT, you know, like about hiking, about the outdoors. So I went from being just a city slicker. So like this guy that lives in a city that loves hiking, that loves the woods. And like, people are like, how are you like a city dude to know about this? And I tell them my experience. So I am an outdoors person now. I love the outdoors. I'm a, I'm a hiker, which is something I could never say before. I love the outdoors. And um, I'm more of a people person more now than ever before. Nice. That's the, that's the Mr. Fabulous. And again, <laughs> As much as I tried, when I came back, I was like, hey, you could call me Mr. Fabulous if you went like, nope, ain't happening. Well, at least, <laughs> what about Fab? You can call him, nope, ain't happening, man. I'm like, oh. it's, and it's funny how, like, 
I won't, I don't expect anyone here in the city. If someone here in the city called me Mr. Fabulous, they're just trying to, they're just making fun, you know? Mm-hmm. But if I go to like, like, uh, like trail days, or if I meet up with a hiker and they call me Mr. Fabulous, it's normal. You know, it's like, okay, it's like they're calling me by my name. I don't, there's nothing that feels out of the ordinary. But here, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anyone to call me Mr. Fabulous here. I mean, it would be kind of weird unless they know my experience and, you know, we've hiked together or they've read my book yeah. or something like that. But it would be weird if someone here did call me Mr. Fabulous. Yeah. It's almost, it's a little bit almost like a secret identity. It's like mm-hmm. when you're in the city, you're Derek. And then when you step on the trail, you shed the Clark Kent glasses and you put on the cape and. And you're, you you're go. flying up and down mountains. Yeah. I, yeah. I tell people this when I, a main, one of the reasons I think you have a trail name is that you leave your everyday life to do a new life. So you're leaving that life, you leave your old identity behind and you get a new identity. And that identity is what you do on the trail, what your experience and what's going on. So the Mrs. Fabulous experience did not happen in New York City. It happened on the trail. And it would have never happened in New York. No one in New York City is gonna call me Mr. Fabulous. You know, unless I'm some kind of like dancer or something, you know, like no, it's <laughs> <laughs> exotic dancer. No. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's a big part of the trail name is you have a new identity, you have a new experience and here, here's your new, you know, here you go. Here's your name. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, it feels like people, when they get on the trail, they have a metamorphosis. Yeah. And the, and the trail name sort of embodies that change. Yeah. And it doesn't happen over it doesn't happen overnight. It gradually happens. Like I didn't realize it was happening until probably towards the end of my hike that something changed in me. Like I heard overheard someone saying, they were like, I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel any different. Like I'm through hiking and it's just like, when is it going to happen? When are you going to like get that feeling where something changed in you? And everyone was like, you know, people would give their advice and what they saw. But my thing, my thought was, Hey, like, you hike this for the experience. The crowds aren't going to open up one day and a voice is not going to come down and say, Hey, Mr. Fabulous, this is your life. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's just like, take it in, take everything in. And then you, it's going to, you're going to, it's going to come to you. I promise you just take it in by the end. You're going to have a story to tell as much as you think during the time you're doing it, that it's not amazing. It's not extraordinary. When you're done with it, you did something magical and you're going to feel special. You're going to feel it inside. It's, it, 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 trust me, there's something that it happened throughout. And I remember when I realized it, I was like, wow, you know, I, I, I feel it. It's like, you know, I'm doing something very special, not just for myself, for others. Cause I knew right away I needed to share this with people, my family, my brother, my, my, my friends, my friends, again, didn't know anything. They didn't even know how to pronounce the Appalachian Trail. They were calling it the Appalachia or something like that. And I was like, no, man, that's not, that's not what I'm hiking. And now they're like, you know, when are you going to hike the Appalachian Trail? Can we do, like, can we hike the AT? You know, like, let's go out there. And hike. I have friends now that I never even thought wanted to hike that actually want to do, like, hikes with me now, which is amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Is there anything you feel like we need to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? I think we covered everything. I just really want to drill into people's mind that like 
I know when you think about hiking, you think about through hiking. Look, you don't have to through hike. You don't have to hike the whole trail from Georgia to Maine. Um, you don't have, you can do a weekend. You can do a day hike. My main thing is let's get out of the, the, the everyday routine that we're in and get out there and experience nature. Go out there, even if it's walking out to the park, you know, like get out there. I'm big on meditating, you know, like stepping out of my everyday routine. New York City is very, very wild. Like a lot of things happen. I, I live in like a really busy area. I love my apartment, but it's loud out. You know, you hear a lot of like New York noises and to step, just step out of that. Even if like, if it's a few minutes to like meditate or be like in the moment or if you need to get out of the city like I do this week, you know, just get out there and just do something new, experience something different, experience and start, start with like uh, something you've never done before. Even if you've done it before, just get out there, just step away from your everyday life. I think I got, I know I got wrapped up with um, work and, you know, everyday things. And I, I needed this time away um, to, to open my eyes and realize that, hey, man, you can step away from it anytime. So just to like step away, enjoy life. And yeah, man, <laughs> life is amazing. <laughs> Go embrace a tree. Yeah, man. Embrace the tree. Definitely embrace <laughs> the tree. <laughs> How can people find you or how would you like people to find you if they have questions or want to follow your continuing adventures or, and please tell, tell us more about your book. Yeah. So you can find me on, I'm big on Instagram. I'm posting every day about the trail, about my book, about my everyday life. So you can find me on Instagram at Derek Lugo, D-E-R-I-C-K-L-U-G-O. Same as uh, Facebook, Derek Lugo. I started a blog uh, a month ago. Um, it's DerekLugo.com. That blog has chapters of my upcoming book, The Unlikely Soup Hiker, that, that comes out September 7th. And when I was writing, I had so much to talk about, um, to share about the trail that I had, it was, it was a, it was like a 400, 500 page book. <laughs> And when my publisher read my manuscript, they're like, man, we got to cut this. We got to cut. And I, we, I ended up cutting about half of it. Wow. So I have all the, all these extra stories and chapters that I'm sharing on my blog. Okay. So go there, check out stories. And also it's a good way to like kind of get a feel of my writing. I'm a, I try to like lighten it up. So it's kind of like a humorous, um, story of my hike. Each, each chapter has a story. So it's almost like a chat book where like you can just grab a chapter and read it. And it's just a story in itself. So the book is called The Unlikely Through Hiker. You can, it's actually out for pre-sale on um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or wherever you can like, wherever you, 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 you get your books. But yeah, it's just a humorous uh, account of a New York dude experienced the trail being like a black hiker and an activity that there weren't a lot of black hikers. And to rip to, 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 to actually, I'm sharing how like I was in, like everyone embraced me and I'm starting to see now more, more, the, the trail is definitely diversifying and we're getting more people out there. And that's what I want to continue doing with my book is, uh, 
when someone reads it, they're like, okay, this guy did it. This guy shouldn't have started it, first of all, but he did it. <laughs> he did it. And, you know, I, you know, I want people to think that they can do it also. And it reads as if you're, you're experiencing everything with me. So, um, nice. yeah. Will there, will there be both like hardback paperback uh, and, or like a Kindle edition? It's going to, there's going to be, it's going to go straight to paperback. Okay. It, there's going to be uh, a Kindle uh, edition. Um, there's going to be, I have a friend of mine that's going to do the audio for it. I, I would oh, love nice. to do the audio, but my friend is like, he's in, um, he's a narrator for audiobooks. He's done like over 500 books. He's well known in the industry. So I'm gonna let him do it. And, uh, yeah. It, and I'm going to start a, a book tour in the fall throughout 2020. So if you want me in your town, reach out to me and I'll try to figure out how I can make that happen. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Derek, for, uh, for reaching out. This has been fantastic. Amazing. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, like I could, I could talk about the AT like <laughs> all day long. <laughs> you and me both. Thank you. This is amazing. And links for Derek's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. Special thanks to Derek for sharing his stories from the trail and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. If you have hiking adventures to share, we'd love to hear them. Please email me at hikingthroughpodcast at gmail.com or you can also DM me on Instagram at hikingthroughpodcast. We would also love it if you would find us on your favorite podcast provider and leave a review. I'll see you on the trail.